Welcome to Mogs TV Talk, the podcast where we take a loving, longing look at TV and tell you this week, Seven are hoping their Annus Horribilis that is 2015 comes to an end shortly as they clear the decks for a raft of new content coming our way in September, including Peter Allen, Not the Boy Next Door, Eric Thompson's 800 Words, and What Really Happens in Thailand. They've also secured the back catalogue of seven seasons of The Big Bang Theory, effectively stripping nine of over half its primetime schedule. It's dire times for the Big Red Train as the poor performance of Dancing with the Stars and Restaurant Revolution have left it in ratings doldrums. Except for the overwhelming success of Insert Animal Here Makes You Laugh Out Loud, sometimes TV disappoint me and then sometimes it's the viewers. Since the dawn of time, man has searched far and wide for the best things on TV. What to watch. How to watch. Who's watching what. Free to wear this. VPN that. Plug in and listen to what other people think about what you are and are not watching. It's Mogs TV Talk, the podcast, with your host, Steve Mock. Joining me this week, a staple of the Australian entertainment industry. He's been on our small screen in Blue Healers, Greeks on the Roof, Thank God You're Here, and more recently in Paper Giants and Party Tricks. He starred in films like A Hundred Bloody Acres, Mad Max Fury Road, and even co-wrote and co-directed The Mule, a movie that will make you rethink spending five days in bed. His golden tonsils have been heard as a part of the legendary Get This with Tony Martin, Ed Cavalier and Richard Marsland, and he's about to appear in one of the most eagerly awaited sequels to come to TV in season two of Fargo. He's the ugly Dave Gray to our Graham Kennedy and everyone's favourite enforcer. It's Australian TV royalty, Angus Sampson. Angus, hello. Hello, mate. Well, how are you, great man? <laughs> Look, I'm doing, I'm doing even better just to be able to be talking to you. Now, given that uh, you're ensconced in your Hollywood villa uh, and haven't been anywhere near the uh, fair shores of Abbott's Australia for some time, everything that I said in that intro, you probably understood so few words it's not funny. Nothing at all. It sounded. I think I heard something about Eric Thompson doing an 800-word monologue uh, regarding <laughs> some, some horrible year for Channel 7 involving the steal usurping a television program's back catalogue is that right yeah i'm not even sure they know what they're doing but seven who normally are the number one network at least for the past few years in australia they've been struggling and they are clearing the decks trying to get us all watching television for the last quarter of the the ratings year and part of that is uh eric thompson who was star of pack the rafters uh is starring in pack the rafters 2 where he stars as a, a recently widowed columnist who writes 800 words in his columns and he's moving his family to New Zealand and hijinks and hilarity ensues. Wow. He may even find love. The, um, the, the Channel 7 are uh, – I remember when Channel 7 weren't the number one um, network mm. and they got that guy from news. I think his name was Peter Meekin. I think his yes. name is and was and um, – and I, I was working at Channel 7 around that time and um, it was like huge news uh, for those that, that 
scared, I guess, that he had come across from from the news department and then someone followed from 60 Minutes and it was like that, that, that you know, that they were leading the charge via news, which I remember at the time thinking, that's, that's a curious that's a curious place to start, you know, to, to get ratings. And, um, yeah, obviously I, as soon as I left the network, their, their ratings went up. So mm. um, they made the right decision. I think totally unrelated to you, though, Angus. The catch is, though, that, uh, yes, Peter Meekin was with Seven for a long time and then he went to Ten uh, and has been working very hard to try and turn around their ratings from a news perspective in the same way. And I think entirely unrelated to his efforts, 10 are seeing a little bit of the sun on their face final this year. Wow. Is that the, is the lady that um, they made that Channel 9 biopic about, um, Gina Reinhardt, is she, mm-hmm. she still own Channel 10? She still has a fairly sizable chunk of that in her portfolio, yes. Wow. Um, I, 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 That's I, not what we all say, but yes. Yeah, no, no, no. I wonder what I wonder what shows are on there that she's programmed. Well, uh, there's no official line to suggest this. However, uh, many, many think that the reason that Andrew Bolt, uh, Han- uh, Harold's son, columnist and general hater of everyone that isn't Andrew Bolt, uh, has his own show on Sunday called The Bolt Report, and we're I'm fairly sure, yes, his actual own interview panel show and look if if i'm going to be i'll try to be balanced i don't agree with his politics i don't agree with a lot of what andrew bolt says in fact by a lot i mean nothing i don't agree with anything that andrew bolt says uh however the production of the show isn't great i mean who would have thought that a show that is hosted by a guy who wrote some fairly offensive things most of the time and, and likes to suggest that he's at the corner of uh, you know, people are upset at him and they shouldn't be upset because this is Australia and we're all in this together, people. Why are, why are the Indigenous people so upset when they're all a part of this together? Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, that he interviews people and says pretty outrageous things that mm, to the large part aren't true and kind of says that mining is a good thing and that, yes, we need to stop the boats and why should we have compassion when we've got so many things in Australia that we need to care and deal about first? Well, yeah, well, I mean, I don't I, – I work on the logic that if you – yeah, if you ignore it, it goes away. <laughs> That's my, uh, you know, position. Like there's no greater insult than uh, – than, uh, just being oblivious to it, but maybe that's what got you know. Maybe that's what got Darth Vader into trouble. You know, maybe <laughs> that's you know, maybe that that presumed like, ah, oh, yeah, no one would be that daft to listen to that penis, and then and it's yet. like, yeah, and then and then you you see uh, articles where I mean that I, I had some correspondence with the great Wayne Hope. I don't know if you know mm. um, Wayne personally, but he, he's an incredibly um, gifted individual and, and uh, wonderfully sensitive and smart and generous um, human. And, and, and I, I wrote to him recently just to, just somewhat distressed about the, the um I guess the news that I had that had filtered towards mm. uh, my travels around the the terrible uh, dealings around Adam Goods um, yeah. from, from from 
seemingly all all corners of 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 you know, I guess that world and, and and the fringes around it, which of course, you know, anybody in my sort of neck of the woods or sort of circle of of movement were were equally outraged. But I guess there's something that's incredibly, um, something that's incredibly, you know, harrowing and sorrowful when you when you're overseas and 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 that's that's what you get that's you know they're the they're the things that that sort of permeate overseas is 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 you know i guess racism and and ignorant ignorant folk you know on a podium inciting um inciting others uh you know uninformed you know, voices and um, and 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 so it's it's actually yeah I haven't been there this year, the entire year this year so I'm obviously very conscious of you know saying things publicly as well given that I'm I'm not there but um, it is it it is it has been quite heartbreaking to to read uh, the aforementioned persons sort of mentioned at, at any time you know at any time in this coverage you know for me it's like do we expect anything else it's like you know wouldn't it be great if if he was uh, wasn't predictable in his, mm. his in his vitriol and and and, uh, and and the reality is you know history history you know won't be kind to to these people if they remember if it remembers them at all you know and that's uh you know i'm, I'm certainly I'm, i certainly um ha- have no claims to the pages of history but um someone like adam goods gosh what a what yeah. a uh, outstanding citizen and you know the, his health and welfare for everything else aside i mean just the humanity that uh, that was missing um from from so many quarters i just i was just gobsmacked so yeah so look that said i'm desperate to come home and um and we have a few um few uh, offers up up uh, you know floating around in the clouds to to return and it's just a matter of trying to to do them all now that's you never you never want to say no to anything um but um yeah, but I'm I'm looking. For, I should be I should be home before the year's out. Well, that's that is excellent news. And let's prepare you for your trip home <laughs> yeah. by just touching on another small bit of news, shall we? Please follow Malk on Twitter at Malk's TV Talk. Lawyers for Channel Nine this week confirmed that a pilot for a new late night panel show hosted by Carl Stefanovic was to be filmed shortly, with a view to bring it to our screens in 2016. More surprising was the announcement that cunt about town Mark Latham had been signed as a panellist for the pilot, along with Amanda Vanstone, actress Pallavi Sharda, entrepreneur Tammy May, and chief executive of a not-for-profit Seb Robertson. The show is yet to be named, though believed to have the working title Two and a Half Men. Now, again, Angus, you probably aren't across this, but Mark Latham hasn't exactly covered himself in glory recently uh, here in Australia. What, what's uh, is he uh, is he been uh, heckling heckling shopping centre events again? Or I mean, he, my my knowledge of of Mister Latham is is one of um, like 
it's, it's almost like he it's almost like he he bought a ticket in one of those like boys home raffles for like a hundred dollars <laughs> yes. you win a house at sanctuary cove and you also get you get to go to canberra for you know and then they're Illegal, like oh, this yes. guy he, he he has no off switch um <sighs> if 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 only he was um if only he was uh you know about a 500 times more charming people people may listen to him but again it's like for me it's like whenever i see mark latham in the news i'm reminded of like that guy peter hoare that serial mm. serial yes. streaker although i did <laughs> i did enjoy seeing peter hoare you know at various events around town um but yeah with mark latham i, I i'm i'm curious it's almost it's always like he's he hasn't slept enough Oh, he hasn't done a lot of things enough. I don't know him, so I, you know, I don't know him to criticise him. But he certainly, um, he certainly. Uh, I, I'm just astounded at how many people, and I'm, and, and look, the irony of this statement is not lost on me, uh, of, of, <laughs> of how many people are willing to comment on things completely uninformed, just mm. make uninformed opinions. Including uh, one Alan Jones I saw recently was yes. weighing in on the 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 rugby league debate of Robbie Farah being mm-hmm. you know should be made captain coach and uh, of, of the <laughs> team crazy. rather than you know and I'm just like who where do where do these people come from when they like let's let's you know and, and look, believe me I've been asked to do it as well where it's like. Listen, we'd love you to come on our morning show and just um, talk about <laughs> uh, sport, or talk about movies, or talk about talk about cruise liners. Um, but what we'll do is we'll give you we'll give you as little information as possible, and then we'll then it'd be great if you could be as extreme as possible. And mm. um, anyway, I mean, look what people will do for for a dollar, you know. Um, but again, I'm I'm certainly uh, the irony of that statement is not lost on me. <laughs> it's it's oh goodness! Apart from having a swing at uh, at uh, Kate McGregor, the most uh, what well, certainly very well decorated, but I think the highest ranking transgender uh, woman in any military in the world, but certainly in Australia's, uh, he's had a go at Rosie Batty, who is uh, also um, I think a former Australian of the Year uh, or current. I, somehow she and Adam Goods, I think, both sit on the same table. Uh, he just he has unloaded on people in a in a most unbecoming fashion, and a, as a consequence, uh, the pressure finally built up. He apparently quit. Everyone thought he was fired, and that's what everyone was expecting. But he quit his uh, his role with the AFR. He was a columnist there. This is Latham, uh, and then went to the Melbourne Writers Festival, where he summarily gave it with both barrels to Jonathan Green, who was hosting his his conversation in front of an audience who then also started to give him a bit of stick and he gave it right back to them it was i'm telling you it's it's a bad oh. night's sleep he's he's he's, he's <laughs> you know if he's not happy at home he's not going to be happy at work well he needs he needs some rapunzel-esque sleep maybe rip van can, winkle-esque sleep maybe he can watch uh maybe he can watch 800 words <laughs> Yeah, that'll settle Mark in for a nice, relaxing nap. It's uh, yeah. Look, I, again, like there's so many brilliant people, brilliant people in in Australia. There's just so many of them. Why anybody is giving air to these penises is beyond is beyond comprehension. Yeah, utterly beyond to the point of just 
you just you know when they get into work it's like and they, they seriously look around at other producers and go hey listen i've got it. what about we get mark latham in he's always good for a couple of rating points mm. and that's the reality of it that is yep. that is what is happening and yes. uh you know and you know more for us for giving it air for me it's just like next whatever mm. let's talk about some let's talk about pe- people who are you know making things creating things who are uh you know who are discovering things about our past or you know helping our future it's just like uh, as opposed to let's just let, i know i know let's let's get let's get a bigot in and yeah. and, and let's get him talking uh, you know and we'll, we'll encourage him to 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 say you know topical and sensationalist things, and then we'll um, have, you know have some faux outrage before cutting to an ad uh, advertising some toothpaste. Let's do that, you know. And it's just like, I'm really, can I please spend my mornings or days doing that? It's just like, come next, really. I mean, no wonder people turn to drugs. <laughs> Look, I, I couldn't agree more, Angus, and I think that what better way for us to transition to talking about someone more interesting, someone who's creating things. Let's talk about you for a little bit. M-O-L-K, Malk's TV Talk. Well, we don't have to. I mean, it's I used to get into trouble from the incredible, my, you know, who I think is, dare I say, the funniest uh, Australian um, in Australia, Tony Martin mm. used to give me grief for not talking about myself um, because it's it's always much more nourishing and exciting to discuss others. But um, re- realistically, you know, if we must, then we must. But you know, I uh, I'd love to chat to you about some of your favourite performers, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> maybe we can do that first and then get into. If there's enough time, we can cover me. Look, I've got a lot of people that I like to talk about as far as performers and those sorts of things. But given that today we want to know more about you and some of your back catalogue, now I, I gave in the introduction, I gave you a bit of a bit, bit of a big ups, right? Some of the things that you've done, you really have been on our screens for a large chunk of time. You've done a whole bunch of stuff, whether it's the small LCD panel on the wall or the big reflective screen. Uh, and those sorts of things. And we'll, we'll talk about some of those other bits. But just very quickly, your star turn in Mad Max Fury Road was excellent. How much fun was that for you? Oh, thanks, mate. It was uh, it was a it was a lifelong dream. Uh, I can say that with absolute sincerity. Um, going to school in uh, Northern New South Wales, we mm. would watch Mad Max at our school on the weekends up in Armadale or down from you and um, and I well, watched from there so I know exactly where you went to school really yes sir oh great I went to see Terminator 2 Judgment Day at UNE <gasps> nice that was the, uh, that's where <laughs> that's where you had to go and see movies yes that's well, exactly right new release movies when I was there um, I have distinct memories uh, of going to see that's, Terminator that's a 2 film Mm, I remember going to see it when I was at university. Um, I'm going to say it was 1991 at Toomble Shopping Town in Brisbane. Uh, and wow. my flatmate and I, we basically skipped classes for the day. There was no midnight screenings back then, kids. You had to deal with the schedule. And the first showing was usually 10 a.m. 
So we'd booked tickets. It was a packed cinema, and it is the first movie I've ever been to that the audience, as one, applauded as the final credits rolled. It was a stunning experience. Wow. It was wow. so good. I, 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 by the time it came out in Armadale, I, <laughs> we were, um, I was at school, school still, and we got leave. To, from school to go and um, mm. watch the film, and I, we were yelling involuntarily at the screens. Remember, remember yeah. when Robert Patrick sort of turned into the liquid or what have you, like going yes. through the helicopter and uh, punching the helicopter pilot? Mm. Um, we were yelling at the screen like, like just like what? <laughs> you know, like absolute disbelief. These kids, like we. Um, I still remember it so, you know, succinctly and, and, and vividly. And, and uh, when the film came out, finished, we came out of the a kind of like the converted auditorium because um, it was at the University of New England. And yes. uh, I remember a, a car was reversing out, uh, up the, the cul-de-sac because <laughs> I couldn't turn around and I started chasing it. Um, <laughs> systems 1000 you know, style, Robert Patrick style, where he... Uh, Chases, uh, what's that kid's name? That what, Edward Furlong, Ed Furlong, yes. I think from memory, and um, and started chasing him with his like hands, um, splayed. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it's one of my uh, more um, you know, worthwhile efforts at comedy. But uh, the reason I bring that up is because I went and saw it with a great friend of mine, Simon Deshin, who introduced me to the love of Mad Max. I had seen Mad Max as a kid, but he was from Lightning Ridge mm. and he loved Mad Max, like to the point where scenes that I had previously seen, but, uh, you know, it was, it was like that, almost like a Paul Simon So you know, I was, I was, I was, I was listening, but I, I wasn't hearing. Mm. Um, suddenly, these scenes that that you know that I'd seen a couple of times or a few times before. Uh, uh, now I was actually taking notice of, of scenes like uh, between Roop and Charlie, who are uh, in the pursuit vehicle um, of the of the of the Night Rider in the, at the start, and uh, you know, there's that interplay from them from from. Um, uh, from Roop to Charlie, uh, when they get the call that they've got a you know, they've got a cop killer on, you know on the loose, and mm. and uh, and Roop's like he's like shove over, I'm driving, and, <laughs> and Charlie's like I took he's like I've been assigned, I you know he's like he's like for Christ's sakes shove over, and he's like you're blasphemy again, I don't have to work with a blasphemy, <laughs> like this humour that I'd never. I, I guess I just never ever in, sort of given the uh, had the astuteness, I guess, or maturity or intellect to, to I guess, commit or hear these these scenes, but you know, on a level that that uh, Desh had before. And so, he, you know, there were there were times where we would act out the the scene after they go through the the caravan, and uh, Rup, you know, puts a call in. And says, "Oh, you know, we're out of the game. Okay, better send a meat truck. <laughs> Charlie's copped a saucepan to the throat, you know. Or, or, but of course, you know, I didn't know that until Dash was like, you know, 
you don't love it when he goes, big bobber to march here, big bobber to march here. We're out of the game, okay? Unable to continue pursuit. Um, Charlie's got the saucepan to the throat. You know, I mean, those those lines where, you know, um, I I remember thinking, wouldn't it be a joy to be able to, to collaborate with somebody like Dr. Miller? And mm. I remember being in Queensland um, for to shoot a film um, called Kokoda, and yes. um, there were lots of lovely actors in that that I loved working with and and, and alongside and um, and one of the PAs one of the, like the third AD I think for, um, for, for on that job um, he used to be George's George Miller's assistant mm. and it was early so it must have been sort of like 2003 I think from memory maybe later I think it was later actually Um 2004, 2005, that he told me, when I found that out, I was like, oh, what happened with the new Mad Max? You know, I heard that it was going to happen and stopped. You know, and the, he was like, yeah, we're going to do it in Namibia. And then 9 11 happened and the insurance problems. And I remember, like, I said, listen, if you ever, I'll do anything. If that job gets up, I'll do anything to be in that. Like, I will be a carpenter, I, 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 I can't, I'll be an apprentice carpenter first, obviously, but I, I'll drive, I'll cook, whatever. And um, I never thought another thing of it, or he probably didn't, and until um, I, I, I got asked to, to, to read for Dr. Miller for the Justice League film that, mm. um, that didn't happen because of the writer's strike. Yes. And... I thought I thought we I thought that we were going to do that film together, and I was like, and, and it never happened. And I was like, interesting. Um, okay, well, uh, I guess that was my one shot. And then, sometime later, I remember getting an audition, you know, or being asked to audition for, from the who I think is an incredible unsung hero of, of Australian. And international and world film that Nikki Barrett, a casting director in Sydney, mm. um, absolute astute, um, creative, and and uh, um, she she asked me to, to to read for this, you know, for this gig, and I was like, all oh, right. And the thing with with Dr. Miller's uh, auditions that are unlike other ones is he will. They, they they provide a series of scenes for you to choose from, yeah. And if you were to, you know, I mean, for not to be remedial for your many listeners, but in theory, like if you were testing for, I don't know, Chicago Hope or something, I don't even know what that is. is that a hospital or fire in, fire engine thing or something? Possibly both. Yeah, you you they like we need a you know a Polish sexy Polish fireman, you know, and it'd be like. And here's, here's three scenes from it and come, you know, learn them all by tomorrow. You know, and come in and read them opposite a casting associate um, who will be recording it at the same time and reading three other characters. And you're like, sure, that's not going to happen. But with Mr. With, um, George's, with George's stuff, he actually says, look, here are five, six, six scenes. You choose one. Um, none of them are from 
the film. None of them are from the project that you're actually recording. So there would be no sexy Polish fireman um, <laughs> in the audition scenes. Um, you know, not not to sort of give away uh, too much of his process, but um, you, they're different genre pieces as well. Yes. Some, some some are comedy, some one's a monologue. There's a there's a Laurel and Hardy one in there. Um, you know the who's on first scene. Um, yes. You know, and, and 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 part of that is a for a performer. Dare I suggest there's some excitement that you're getting something new. Um, you know, a new way of I guess finding. Finding um, your process, or, or sharing your process, or, or, or you know what interests you, um, work-wise, um, yeah, and that that is that that taken into account for 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 George as well. Like they're like, oh, we're curious as to your choice. Why why did you choose that scene? And I chose the scene that was a monologue, um, which they they obviously have to change it somewhat. But um, it was predominantly the monologue from the film Twenty Fifth Hour, yes. Um, and so I did that. I recorded it in um, Footscray in Melbourne, and um, the guy the, I recorded it with this lovely guy who was responsible for that show, Pugwool. Do you remember yes. that show, Pug? Um, Pug Peter Unwin George Wall, yes. and um, and sure enough. Um, yeah, I didn't hear anything back for a little while. And then I remember just thinking at the time, look, this is, this is, if nothing happens, this, I've, I auditioned for Mad Max, you know? Yeah. Um, if that's like, that, that was a childhood dream to, to be, to, 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 to feature or to have some sort of connection to that absolute favorite. Trilogy of films for me, absolute. Not nothing, nothing comes close. I, not even Godfather. Like I uh, love the Godfather and Godfather Part Two, you know. But I, but as an, an Australian, you know, identifying with uh, you know Australian voices and Australian stories, and mm-hmm. and and just going, you know, what you can, you can do any, you can do anything. You can. It doesn't have to be you know, the, follow the rules. And, and so I was just like, oh, that was great. And sure enough, one thing I did in the audition was uh, at the end I thanked Dr. Miller for making the films. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, there, there's other things you have to do that they ask you to do that I won't reveal. But but <laughs> at the end I, I did say, oh, look, I just wanted to say thank you for um, for making and sharing these these stories um my you know and i had to say that my my, i did my favorite quote from the first mad max which is which is uh i don't know if you know it well but i i love um chief mcphee fifi Mm. mcphee played by uh roger ward um and he's the the chief obviously of of um the main force patrol and um and uh (laughs) and max Retires. He comes in and says, "Look, I'm, yes. I'm quitting in. I'm turning in the badge." And uh, and uh, and Fifi McAfee's like, "He goes, what are you talking about?" Like, he's he's devastated. He's like, 
he's like, people, people, people need heroes, Max. And as he's yelling it out to, to, to Max as he, as he walks downstairs, you know, people don't believe in heroes anymore. We've got to give them back. And um, sure enough, I start like just breaking into bad paraphrasing of, of Fifi McAfee mm. quotes in my audition and um, sort of culminating a, a comment where I love that he's wearing the vinyl pants because they could only afford leather pant, leather outfit for Max. Yeah, um, where he's watering his gardens, and and La, Labatouche comes comes to to um, give the 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 top of pursuit man a new car, and uh, and McAfee goes, "Thanks, Labatouche, you're a real human being." Anyway, <laughs> sorry, these are all random, <laughs> random quotes. I'm delirious, um, but anyway, sure enough, mate, I got I got. The call up, and uh, I got. I, I was flown to Sydney, and I met with with, with George, and um, he said some very very humbling things to me, and and uh, I thought afterwards, I've you know I read this, I read the the I, he's talked me through the film, and 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 I said here's some. Here's a character I'd like you to to to, to consider, and and and. Gave me the script to to read and upstairs and um, you know and I was just like you know what like I don't I don't actually need to work ever again now um, <laughs> ever and uh, and then that that thought actually sort of I thought well that might be the reality given that <laughs> I was cast in the film. And we didn't make it for two and a bit years. I was like, "You're kidding me!" Like, I'm um, this this close to a life lifelong dream, not a career dream, but a lifelong dream. And um, and then I got an email from the production office saying, "Look, we're not, we can't shoot in in, in Australia anymore." They sent some photos of the desert that had, you know that had all this greenery and what have you from yes, yeah, it had gone into bloom. That's right. And so it was a. Um, I remember just sort of biting my lip just going, okay, I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to do anything, I'm not going to tell anyone um, and hopefully it will happen and um, I was very thankful that it that it did. We, we, um, I, was, I wasn't there very long. I was, there for, I was in Africa for six weeks um, and that may seem like a lengthy time but, I, you know, the the main unit, the production office, were there. I think for like twenty-one weeks, if not longer. Wow. So, um, maybe like a quarter of the time. And it was. It felt a little bit like Lord of the Flies. That's all I'll <laughs> say when we were there, because you're in the middle of the desert. Uh, the nothing, or very little, um, to do given the hours that you had free in the day. Mm. And insurance-wise, I wasn't actually allowed to. To do any activities, um, <laughs> so um, yeah, it was it was it was. It, but you know, th- that's the dream. That the, my dream is is always, regardless of whatever career we have, was to be able to travel the world with some type of work. And I, yeah. I say that meaning some type of structure and. Um, where they can facilitate you seeing things that you wouldn't see if you were just getting around with a map trying to find the Eiffel Tower, so to yeah. speak. 
um, which he wouldn't obviously in Africa, but, um, but it was an incredible, it was an incredible experience. And, um, I, I know that, um, we shot a lot. There was shot so much more that, that, that was in the, well, I think we, I think they ended up with something like 400 hours of footage. Um, and it was, uh, it was unforgettable. I mean, I, I obviously, you know, obviously, don't know what I can and can't say about the experience, but it was um, you, you, the, the the thing for me at being a huge Max fan was I was I was curious as to what made those films, what what what, what they you know how they sort of made that that legacy last. If that makes sense, like what, mm. what what gave it its timelessness, and I wondered whether or not this film would have it. I suspected I knew in the sense that they, you know, that the characters of um, like Mudguts or um, uh, you know, or, or, or Kundalini or, or Baba Zanetti or what have you, these guys, uh, you know, they're, they're so rich that what is traditionally like, you know, bystander too or Bob or Keith or, you know, no disrespect to Bob or Keith, but yeah. you like the richness of these, I guess, satellite characters. And so I, that was very, I was very, um, I was very curious as to whether or not this film would have that given the scale of the cast, the, the, the background of the cast, the expectation on the film, etc. And, um, yeah, we, 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 it was very much, I felt, of an incredibly creative place, you know, with over a thousand crew. They even had their own satellite people, you know, drive out to location and set up satellites so people could communicate. Um, and um, I think it was like over 800 Australian crew that they wow. flew, flew out um, and got visas and what have you for. So, um, I was I was very happy to learn that there was um, there was a m- multitude of of uh, stories that they were potentially hoping to tell, and the organic mechanic who who I was invited to portray featured in 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 all of them. So um, that said, um, I really wanted to create a bit of a legacy to continue the legacy of the mechanics that they feature throughout the, the mm. films. And, um, and there were, there are a few scenes that we shot that, um, that, uh, that didn't make the cut, but, um, but one I particularly, one I particularly liked was, uh, when they, and this is a spoiler alert, when, when, um, when Max and the, and the, and the wives head back to the Citadel and, um, they uh, they realised that Morton Joe and and the people eater and 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 the war boys realised that they're heading back to the unguarded citadel. They uh, we filmed it, we filmed that in in Namibia. We were shooting that, and they all drive off to 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 leave the organic mm-hmm. mechanic sitting squatting there doing a poo <laughs> um, with a catheter in and. Um, and he chases off after them with his pants around his ankles. And I remember chatting to, to, to George about it, and he was, he was like, oh, look, I just, I just wanted the audience to know that he lived. Um, <laughs> but it, it didn't really suit, suit the tone. And, and my, um, my family were very happy to learn that it was <laughs> been cut from the film because I 
I'm pretty certain I'd be that. You know the guy, the the shitting guy from um, Mad Max. Yeah, that's him. That's that guy. And, I, and, and of course, we just had the mule, uh, you know, be released as well um, at the end of last year and, and and throughout this year in various territories. So, you know, there was a theme, of, a fecal theme, happening there for a while. So, um, but it, it, it's an absolute. It was an absolute career highlight, and I couldn't. Um, you know, you don't want to get sucked into these things of like, oh, I wish I was in it more, or I wish I did less, or I had a sex scene, or whatever. I was, I was just thrilled that um, that we have a very, we're a very small hem or a weave in a beautiful tapestry, um, and um, you know, I, 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 I know my um, my family are very, very proud that we. Um, that we made a small contribution to Mad Max, and and um, and 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 hopefully we'll continue to do so in in uh, in if and when they tell tell more Mad Max stories. It's it's a look such a legacy. It really is a, a huge movie. It's visually stunning, uh, and to have not only your name but your face connected with that Angus is. is Spectacular. Even if, even if we didn't get to continue, uh, you know, the, the the latter part of your years and and your fecal theme that you seem to be attracting yourself to, uh, I did want to pick up actually on on the mule, the delightful romp through drug uh, trafficking. Uh, this was stellar work. Now, not only do you star in the mule, but you also co-wrote and co-directed it with uh, uh, fellow fecal fan Lee Winnell. Lee Winnell, yeah, Lee, Lee. I, I owe Lee a lot for that film because, um, amongst amongst scores of other people, but but Lee especially, he was um, he he has. I mean, however you measure it, he's he's a, he's an outstanding screenwriter. Uh, the fact that he has over a, I guess a billion dollars worth of box office receipts <laughs> to his scripts, you're like. Okay, he's either written a lot, or or his films have sort of resonated commercially. So, for him to for him to to have that, and then um, take the energy and time to to sit down with a first time feature writer or wannabe feature writer in myself um, was was uh, another career highlight for me, um, and also a. a personal highlight you know wonderful friendship i have with lee and um um and to be able to to do that with our other friend um jamie brown who had the original concept of the of the of the idea and mm. and i know you mentioned in the in the intro i actually met jamie through a great australian television writer and 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 writer full stop um chris merkshire he introduced me to um a gentleman by the name of jamie brown who who came in and rode on greeks on the roof and and he he had just graduated from vca and um he he shared the, his original version of the mule with me, and um, it was a it was a story that I it never left you know it never left me. It came to me as a as an actor, like they were trying to get funding, and and sometimes they ask people to attach themselves in the hope that it'll it'll help get funding. In my instance, it didn't, um, which was no no surprise. But you know that story stayed with me. That the the idea of of someone. Um, being out of their depth, that that 
that Australian um, Australia, and I guess maybe male male thing, or maybe it's a middle class thing where it's like she'll be right. Um, and, and so for 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 Lee to I guess walk me through the 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 forest of 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 film uh, film writing um, was a was a a real uh, enlightening experience. Not not to mention wonderfully creatively rewarding as well um and um we're hoping to write something else very soon um, um you know which because the, the film did very well as, as far as um as far as the uh, as far as a film about poo can can go um <laughs> and, and 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 dare i say there's it's not probably about poo, but um, we were very. Um, we it's were a desperate. subtext. Yeah, we were desperate to make a, a, a an Australian film that we love. The we love Chopper so much. The film Chopper. Mm. Gosh, we're so obsessed with that film, and uh, and Reasonably we loved so. Animal Kingdom, and yeah. we were like, wouldn't it be great? We love two hands. Wouldn't it be great to try and you know jump on. The, the 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 mountains of of uh, respect that they have garnered and created and try and do something in in that ilk um, in that world and um, it's 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 been it's been wonderfully received it we we were number one in America and in iTunes and in Australia and and we didn't we chose not to release it at the cinemas. Um, Given, you know, we didn't feel that unless it was going to have, you know, multi-million-dollar advertising campaign, then it might be a tough sell to 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 get people to go and see it at the cinema. Mm. And so um, we we yeah we chose to release it in partnership with Apple and um, and released it in, in New Zealand, Canada, Australia, and America all on the same day and um, and. Conversely, we I feel that we have a, a you know a much larger audience than we may have if we just rolled it rolled it out you know in a handful of cinemas and then had people report that it didn't didn't take comparative box office takings to Thor two you know um, yeah. so it must be bad so we 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 um yeah we we were very grateful um, for. That people allowed us to do that as Screen Australia, the, the the federal funding body, especially, um, and Film Victoria, the state funding body, and um, and I hope, yeah, I hope that I, you know, I hope that it, other people can do that as well, because you know, as is evidenced by Netflix and um, and Amazon, and mm. now, you know. Um, you know, people want to watch things on their terms, let alone have a, a, a cinema owner tell them when and, you know, when they can watch something, um, you know, 11.20 on a Friday morning, yes. as you say. Or um, So, uh, yeah, so that, that – and that has been really the, – the people that see that movie, predominantly on planes, I might add, Oh, um, about the mule that that has led to uh, so many so so many uh, um, random encounters and lovely humbling um, 
compliments. I, I had a message tonight, a phone call, and um, from Georgina Haig, uh, one who plays a wonderful actor who's currently in Toronto shooting uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck's pilot for their TV show for them, and. Um, she said she was at dinner with uh, with the actress who plays her mum, and uh, she was she was like, uh, "Yeah, I was having dinner. I was ha- I was having dinner um, this evening, um, uh, and and I ended up, uh, um, you know, chatting with Julie Orm- Julia Ormond, who's playing my mum, and um, and the show, and and uh, we're having dinner, and she, she said." You know, George was saying she was slightly starstruck, and then, and then Julia Orman said, oh, "I just saw the most. Am- You're from Australia. I just saw the most uh, amazing Australian <laughs> film. It was called The Mule." <laughs> and uh, and uh, poor George was like spat a wine out, and uh, and she didn't. Julia didn't even know that um, George was in the film. So um, so you know, it, it, I know the the guys that. Um, the you know the last job I just did, uh, they raved about the film, and I know that it you know had some impact in me, you know working, working for for those guys as well. So um, yeah, very thankful to hundreds of people that helped elevate that and make that that show um, none more so than 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 Lee Winnell, who um, you know who was there at the start and there at the end. Well, as I said, it's a wonderful traipse through uh, all things football culture and and those sorts of things. Definitely check it out, people. I, I think it's still on iTunes, isn't it, Angus? I know it. I think it's on Netflix in Australia at the moment. So there's there's those opportunities yeah, to go it, and it see. Is. It's so and, good. Oh, thank you, mate. And and we do we you know if you do like Chopper, we the incredible Michelle Bennett who produced Chopper. Kate, came on board as a, a producer on on our film as well. So, wow. yeah, we've we've been incredibly blessed. Um, you, you know, and I, I feel I, I certainly feel that in the last. You're always very blessed to get a job, but I feel especially blessed um, to be able to work with, you know, I guess my heroes. You know, and um, we seem to be doing that more and more lately. So, um, and now to talk with one. You, it's um, very thankful. Please, it's a bloody great cast and a, and a great story. So definitely get on the mule now. Last year, Angus, we got to see an incredible television series on SBS called Fargo. Now, apart from it just being delightfully excellent, season two is almost upon us, and you get to be in it. That's that is so cool. Uh, wait till you see it before you. See it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, it can't be that bad. Yeah. Um, no, I hope I, I hope I, I hope I don't, um, I, I hope I don't distract you from the brilliance of of the the creatives in that. Um, it's going to be so stunning. I mean, this is filmed uh, on location in in Canada, southern Alberta, I think, isn't it? Around Okotoks and Calgary and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, we were there from January to May. This um, inclusive this year, 2015, and um, it's a it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful city. I had a I had a very uh, quick crash course in um, in in 
being Canadian whilst there. Um, <laughs> I remember the first, my first day in the production office, I was like, I was very excited. I sort of got there. I was like, so it turns out there's an ice hockey match on tonight. Um, mm. It's Calgary Flames versus Edmonton Oilers. And they're like, two things. It's not a match. And <laughs> don't say, and just call it hockey. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, okay, and uh, and little did I know, like in the in the the time we were there, I, I would have I would attend, I think five games, went to see five, five Go matches, flames. five whatever they're called, if they're not matches of the <laughs> Flames, and um, and they got to the playoffs for the for the first time, I think in a thousand uh, years, yeah, in six years, um, and. Um, it was. It was. A, I mean, that that aside, it was. It was wonderful to be able to um, to go on location and, and and especially you know to to have that time with the crew and the cast. Um, it's it, it becomes rare, you know a, a very rare sort of plus uh, you know advantage or a, a very rare experience these days, given how busy. The world is, is to be able to to be away with with people um, uh, over a, a, you know, an extended period of time, and and um, and that's that's sort of one thing that you can potentially miss out on from from theatre when you do film is that you know people get driven in and they get driven home, and you know unless you're in a scene with them, you might catch them at you know at catering or craft services or what have you but it's um to be able to spend uh you know four months with with the with the the caliber of 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 actor and 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 creative that i i was able to it was very um enlightening and 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 nourishing and um i hope you know i hope because the the this 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 series like like all of them but all, all Cohen Brothers stories is is the community is such an important part of the story, and this is a huge community um, for series two. Uh, mm. uh, you know, not, this is this is set in nineteen seventy nine. It 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 follows a a, a couple played by uh, Kirsten Dunst and Jesse Plemons. Um, uh, a small town hairdresser and a, and a, and a butcher, um, and they get caught up in, uh, I guess, a turf war of of sorts between um, a local crime syndicate, the, the the Gerhardt family, and the Kansas City mafia, who are coming to town <laughs> to take over uh, operations, yeah. and. Um, it's it's you even have uh, Ronald Reagan making an appearance in this season, um, played by the great Bruce Campbell. Um, wow! So there, um, there's there's lots of blood, um, there's <laughs> lots of carnage, uh, lots of humour, uh, and um, uh, like I said, I, I I I'm conscious that I uh, I'm the only. Uh, non-American in the in the uh, in the cast, so um, I hope that uh, I hope that, that my present doesn't doesn't distract you from your enjoyment of it. 
Is your character, and I appreciate you might not even be able to say, but is your character non-American, or are they? Uh, are you putting on the twang? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm uh, not revealing anything other than um, <laughs> no, no, no. Like you can find this all out, but yes. uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm one of the 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 Gerhards, um, so the the Fargo excellent uh, crime syndicate. So yes, I do have a. Um, uh, affect a, a voice of sorts. And, Some Minnesota um, nice in on top of it. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's right. So and we had a fantastic dialect coach, um, uh, a local uh, actor from Calgary, and, um, and and he was very patient with us all. And um, <laughs> but uh, he he took great joy in having um, a non-American there um, and yeah I, I, I look I have I have it translates I know when I've gone in to do the odd bit of ADR they, they, they've and I'm like g'day how are you <laughs> and they're like uh, there's like a pause like sorry who's that and it's like oh it's Angus and they're like what <laughs> yeah you know, they didn't realise that I was Australian so that's a nice yeah, a nice yeah. compliment to David's um Coaching, just so, dropping uh, it. Oh, yeah, at the end of the <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's um, the the I must say Noah, the creator um, and writer, he wrote the first uh, ten episodes in se- se- series one. He actually directs um, uh, an episode in season two, and 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 is is back. Everyone, everyone's back in, in regards to the creatives. Um, mm-hmm. The department heads, um, and I, you know, again, I must, I must say, it was a, a, quite a surreal um, experience to be uh, seeing, you know, the, the the Paul Bunyan and the and the and the cow um, mm. uh, that feature, uh, you know, that sort of on the side of the road when they're going to Fargo at Brainerd. Um, to be able to, to sort of to see that uh, in person, it was um, it's quite a surreal experience. Um, he- heading into the, the the world of the Coens for four months, but um, I must say it's <laughs> I must say it was uh, it was very it was very nourishing. Oh, it's it was a delightful season one, and to have season two spin off from just a single scene to have it be, as you said, it's, it's set back in the day following on from, uh, you know, the, a conversation that takes place that at the time is, is so critical, but so relaxed, just sitting on the porch, rocking in a chair, shotgun across the lap uh, that plays back to this, that, that forebodes so much. It's going to be just outstanding. Well, they, they, had, they, they almost like took a, um, I guess a, you get a sense of like that sort of epic, grand storytelling uh, that they, I guess, you know, may employ like on those ensemble pieces where, say, like Game of Thrones or something, mm-hmm. where there's like, you know, you're following eighteen characters or fifteen characters or you know, this, it's not like it's not just you know someone playing a sheriff and that's it. Um, in this instance, we have Ted Danson as as the sheriff, Sheriff Larson, and mm. uh, his son-in-law is played by Patrick Wilson, who is 
who is Keith Carradine's character from season one. Yes. Um, and uh, Patrick, um, I've worked with on a, on a, a number of movies. Um, outstanding. Both both of those gentlemen, just outstanding performances and citizens. And um, and uh, and you know, for the for fans of season one, I think they'll be. Very happy with uh, with how that Patrick's um, how, how he's portraying Lou. Um, they are investigating, um, I guess, a, a turf war between the Fargo um, crime syndicate, the Gerhards, um, which I'm part of, and the Kansas City Mafia, which is um, uh, headed up by. Um, Brad Garrett and, and uh, Adam Arkin and and, uh, um, and all the while um, Jesse Plemons and, and Kirsten uh, Dunst, Kirsten's character is a hairdresser. They get mixed up in this um, inadvertently and, um, and, and at the same time Ronald Reagan comes to town <laughs> for try, running for president. So um, it's absolute mayhem. Um, uh, there's some incredible performances in there, and wonderful actors, and the score, the score, and the music is especially prevalent um, in this series. Uh, Jeff Russo, the the composer, and Noah right. Hawley, who wrote who wrote and created it all. I, I, I can't wax lyrical enough about him. He's he's a a novelist, a, a musician, a you know he's directing now. Um, he wrote most of the scripts, most of the episodes. Um, but we got some new writers this season, and um, it's it's. Uh, I, I, I I heard that that uh, some of the cast from the first season um, have, <laughs> have have got have said like, oh, word around town is that season two is pretty good. You know, and uh, <laughs> so there might even be like a smackdown between the casts or something. But um, that said, uh, it's it's a real joy to be able to step into that um, that world and legacy that that people like Alice and Tolman and 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 Billy Bob Thornton and what mm. Martin and Freeman or what have you they that they I guess helped create and um, and this time yeah. There's just a, it's just an epic, epic uh, storytelling. Gene Smart is 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 the is the head of is our is our the head of our gang of our of our crime syndicate, and um, mm. she I, I she's my mum in it, and she's just mesmerising. So it just um, been a real real treat to um, to film it, and I and I hope that um, that the joy that that we had from making it translates. Uh, onto the screen for um, for the fans as well. It's um, I don't think anyone's seen anything like it. It's absolute mayhem. I, I cannot wait. I know it starts in America uh, on uh, Monday the twelfth of October. 12th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Australia gets it on SBS. People, thank God for SBS every day. Uh, Wednesday, October twenty first at nine thirty. Now that is a week behind, week and a half, but. They're catching us up quick. There's a double episode on that 21st of October. So we'll be up to date with America and then be but a day, not even behind them yeah. by the time we then get to see it 
It's going to be outrageously good. Fargo season two. Just lock yourself away. Just see it. It's it's amazing. Uh, I know we're looking the, forward to uh, seeing you in it, Angus. There's 10 episodes. 10 episodes. 10, ten episodes. big so hour-long eps. Should finish just maybe a week before Christmas or so. Yep. So, um, but no, it's it's a very, a very, um, very uh, humble to be representing uh, the Australian uh, creative community, uh, even if I wasn't. I feel very, um, I feel very uh, blessed to be uh, a, a mere, a mere uh, token of of the of the brilliance that um, that you know that we have back home in Australia of of people, uh, of crew and and, and cast. So um, I hope, um, yeah, like I said, I hope I just don't ruin it for everyone and. Um, and uh, and distract them from from the the brilliance that um, that is right. Noah Hawley. It's zero it's, chance. It's, uh, they're, they're, I will t- I will tell you this that something that nobody knows. I think that um, I think Billy Thorpe may even feature in in it. There's a little Ooh. little thing for the the molksters out there. There your you listeners. go. Yeah, well, Billy you heard, Thorpe. Keep an ear we, out for Billy Thorpe. We have occasional. Uh, breaking news and, and grabs and snaps, and that's one of them. So you heard it on Mulks TV Talk, the podcast. That's the important thing. Mulks TV Talk, the podcast. Angus, how can people find you, stalk you online, uh, be a part of your social environment? That's a good question. I might leave that for you to tell them. Um, All right, then. Yeah, I'm, I, 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 I've been being pushed usually you get pushed by production to to post things for things that you've been involved in films and tv shows and stuff and they're like you get these kind of like passive nice emails saying it'd be great if you could post this and then if you could post that and then mention this and here's the hashtag you could choose this you know um time to when you know if you could post it on a tuesday night they're showing it on first pacific a rerun you know <laughs> and so um usually it's production officers uh, l- recently i've been getting pressure from elsewhere to try to um you know post more um things because now allegedly according to agents and what have you the casting people in america now ask what how many followers they have they that's a question on like when they're considering auditioning you and what have you for certain roles um and yeah i know um i'll tell you something off air anyway but um yeah so curiously it's uh i I occasionally go through things where i'm like all right i guess i will write something to some people but i I, (laughs) most of the time i don't really feel um qualified to, to comment on anything, nor well, willing to, to, to <laughs> open myself up for any sort of criticism. So, Well, I'll uh, put all of that stuff into the show notes. People will be able to find you on Twitter and those sorts of things. So that's yeah. that's a good opportunity there. Angus, thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Steve. It's very, um, very humbling to, uh, to be the recipient of your interest. And, um, and I hope, um, uh, you know, I, I, I hope that I haven't, uh, I mean, if it's episode what one hundred and something, one hundred and forty, one hundred and forty-one. Yep. 
Um, I hope uh, I haven't brought the averages down too much, but it's. I think it's wonderful that you. Um, I think that it's wonderful that you make this and and share this content and take an interest in, in in our community and uh, and and for the practitioners that you do, and um, and and very thankful for your of your many fans as well, um, who who. Are you still doing the the Malkies? Are you still doing those? Do you still have those? The I haven't the had them awards? for the past year, only just through availability, time, and sponsorship lacking. It's sad. <laughs> I'm no TV week. <laughs> Come on, mate. You've got to. You must. You've got to bring them back, please. Oh, the Malkies need to go out in a fiery ball of flames. It needs to be a big, you know, chisel kicking over the drum kit style uh, event. It needs surely to be that someone, big. Surely someone can just do it. Surely you can do it online. Yeah, well, you'd do think you know we could I mean? do surely something. There's got to be some interface where you don't actually have to do anything. Where someone <laughs> can, do you know what I mean? Can someone yes. can type in the in, the nominee and people can vote for it. Like you don't actually have to do anything. All you got to do is read it out or go, well, that's rigged. I'm not, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That or I need to sell the idea to a, a rival TV magazine or website sure. and let them sure. take it on. And I'll yeah. just be a, a silent figurehead that gets yeah. rolled out, Bert Newton never. style, to present the gold mulky yeah, every year. Never. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you, mate, Angus. Thank and, you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, everyone else, for joining us this week on Mulks TV Talk, the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Mulks TV Talk and find me on Facebook and Instagram at thosethings.com slash Mulks TV Talk. New episodes are out Tuesdays, so make sure you subscribe via iTunes or your favourite podcasting app, and please do leave a sweet review. Tune in next week when you'll hear Angus Sampson say... Uh, um, when you hear Angus Sampson stumble over simple syllables. Good night. Good night, and good luck. Good night.